The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Frequency 49 show. I'm your host, Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Paul Marsh, Deepak Gohill, and returning to the podcast, one of the original creators of this wonderful show that you all let me host, Paul McDonald. Hello, Paul, my friend. Four score and seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, it's absolutely fantastic to have you back, mate. And I, and I, you know what? You need to be on here more, mate. You're very, very kind to all have me back on. And uh, I just wish I could get on more often than, than I can at the moment. No, but it's making my eyes well a bit because, do you know what? I think it must be at least five years since the three of us were on at the same time. At least no, that deep, long. That's yeah. a long deep Wow. That's, That's the bourbon deep pack. Hey? That's the <laughs> bourbon deep pack. <laughs> That's a long have you done a show with me and Deepak in the last couple of years? I, I have I done one or two. I think I've done one or two. Uh, certainly I've done a couple with you, Kat. I'm not sure with Deepak. Yeah. Um, wow. So, <laughs> so, yeah, we're walking down memory. I apologize. <laughs> On to our originally scheduled program. So, we have what we now call Super Wildcard Weekend. <laughs> and this past Sunday, the 49ers went into yet another of their ho- new homes, right? Right? Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah. now <laughs> own that star. I'm sorry. That is our star. it was super. Levi's uh, West. <laughs> 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 I guess <laughs> So the 49ers did come out victorious, 23-17, to 17, despite all efforts to try and give the Cowboys the win. The Cowboys said, no, 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 please take it, it's yours. And Dak Prescott did the honors by running up the middle with 12 seconds left and sliding and being unable to spike the ball within time. And causing one of the most confusing ends to a game that we've seen. I actually, um, I left the game day thread and I stopped watching because I just couldn't physically take it. I'd reached the point where after the Rams game before, I I just could not stomach (laughs) the thought of losing to Dallas. Anybody but them, honestly, anybody but them is what I was feeling. And uh, when I got in and I saw the, the chat, I was like, something insane has happened here and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just don't know what it is. And I have to ask people, what happened? <laughs> I think I described it as them out 49ering the 49ers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. We out- 100%. <laughs> yeah. They out 49ered us. They saw our play the week before and went here, hold my pint. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I was saying in our, in our group WhatsApp chat, this was the most polite game of football I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, you have the win. No, 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 you have the win. No, no, yeah. I insist you win the game. No, 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 you win the game. This is our house and you're going to have this game. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be good hosts if you didn't win the game. I know. Yeah. You know, it's not like we haven't offered this to other people. They've just right. haven't. They haven't prattled around. They said, all right, then, if you don't want it, we'll have it. <laughs> Boom. 
game over. <laughs> well, once again, we got to admit the 49ers started out strong and in typical 49er fashion, we had a strong first half or in a crappy second half. Sometimes it's the other way around. Um, but we got some notables here. You know, Debo Samuel rushed 10, 10 rushes for 72 yards, 7.2 average, a long of 26 for a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell, 27 for 96 yards, 3.6 yard average, long of 16 and a touchdown. Uh, the only thing I was missing in this game was uh, Debo throwing the ball, guys. <laughs> yeah. well, I can dare say he might have been an improvement on you know who, but we're not going to. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there at some point. <laughs> but but I, I think I think we need to take a little pause here and continue this loving that Debo Samuel's receiving from all angles in the NFL. He's not a known unknown anymore. He's very much known. He's very much on everyone's radar, and they know he's going to line in the slot, and they know. He's going to run the ball, and guess what? They have absolutely no way of stopping yeah, him. Yeah, they don't seem yeah. to be able to stop him. They, they can't. Even though they know the play, they know the direction, they still cannot stop this kid. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, he's going to cost it as well. <laughs> he, he, he's just Pay him. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, Pay we've, we've, him. Got, we've, we've got to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, incredible! What an incredible season! Are we going? Are we going to pay him, Cat? Have we got another twenty-seven million lying <sighs> somewhere? Yeah, we'll find a way. We have to find. We always find a way. Yeah, but I mean, not not just Debo, but if it's not him, it's it's Mitchell. You know, if it's not him, it's it's you know George Kittle doing some insane play in the middle of the field with. Oh my God! His blocking last weekend, Jiminy Christmas! That boy was having fun. You know, but the credit I think goes to the offensive line. Um, you can't, as a running back, you know, hit those numbers without an O line that's blocking for you correctly, properly, and, and take it one step further. You know, zero sacks on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know. So that's the O-line doing its job. So, and, and when you think about what everyone's opinion of Tom Compton was right at the start of the season, you were like, oh, God, if he plays, we are, that is the end of it. We've got not a hope in hell. And he's actually proven. I mean, no one's mentioned. I can't even remember his name. What's his name? Who's injured? Uh, oh, first round pick. McGlinchey. McGlinchey. Uh, his name, you know, his name would be completely forgot, forgotten his name, you know, yeah. everyone, you know because he, no, no one's even really noticed he hasn't been there, uh, and that, that actually says a lot, as I say, because uh, um, people certainly had some serious question marks about the right side of the offensive line, and they've actually totally stood up in in you know the second half of the season. Yeah, but that that O line has has definitely played out of their skins, you know. Yeah. I think huge factor in us winning was was the O-line, because not only that, if you look at down the stats about Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing stats, on his quick release, his completion rate is, is pretty decent, to be honest. But he's had a significant number of opportunities to throw the ball where he doesn't require a quick release. And they're the ones that usually get us into deep, deep, deep holes, okay? Yeah. Really deep holes. But the fact that he actually has the opportunity to deliver those, it tells me one of two things. One, the obvious that he's got time to make them. But two, is he still finding the right target or any target for that matter in a red shirt? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I think that this whole thing, the stigma that we've had with our O-line, I think we can car park that now. I, I think this unit under, under Trent is just... Um, 
a force of nature. They they really are something. They are an immovable object, truly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. They they've really proven themselves as the season has gone on. Uh, undoubtedly, well, yeah, especially all the question marks people had at the start, uh, and uh, you know, I, I again, you know, Mac would have. Uh, I was a bit worried about his age, him coming in, and you know, he'd have like some really great plays, and then in the first few games of the season, he'd then have a few dodgy plays. But uh, you know, they have really, you know, obviously as they've obviously had a chance to all play together as the season has gone on, they've just got stronger and stronger and stronger, and and uh, you know, and as you say, uh, a serious reasons for as to how we're winning these games now. And also the defence, you know, five sacks on Dak. We managed to get to him five times. We held their, we nullified their their running game. You know, we kept their, C.D. Lamb was it one reception for 20-something. You won. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, and, and Dak Prescott, is he's not an elite quarterback on elite money with Garoppolo figures. You know, he's 69.3 passer rating for that entire game. It's, that's not what, Jerry Jones paid all that money for, you know, and he's been criticized a lot. And the whole football world is actually, and I took this as an affront. I was like, why is everybody going on about how crap Dallas are? Why aren't they giving us props for the win? And then the penny hit me. It dropped on me. It's really the media's way of saying, look how crap you lot are. You lot are shit. You're nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's when I thought, yes, I I do buy into this. You are telling Mm -hmm. the football world what we already know, that this is... How can I describe the Dallas Cowboys? They are the biggest meme in the NFL. The the franchise is a meme. Yeah. Yes. That's how I would describe them. They're that much of a mess with, from coaching down to everything, you know. And I think JJ apparently is a good owner to, to work for because he's very generous. But, I mean, what does he have to do to get this team performing? And I, and I think is he needs to step down as GM and let the coaches coach and the GMs do the selections. I think he's interfering too much. Well, he certainly hasn't, you know, managed to find success, has he? That's for sure. Yeah, but not our not our circus, not our monkeys is the way. (laughs) Thank God, right? (laughs) Yeah, but you know, and again, I think this was, you know, the only sort of question marks I will put on this game, uh, apart from the obvious, is special teams. Okay, we fell for the look. Your shoelaces are undone again. You know, yeah. again, we yeah. fell for that. Uh, which now she's pumped at the end. It could have been better because it bounced out of the end zone. We really needed that to be a, a tight, tight punt. And uh, and it wasn't, you know. Uh, Gould? And hadn't we taken a penalty to give him more space? Yeah. Um, for that punt as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, the, the reason why we had to make that punt in the first instance was... Um, well, Debo got robbed. He actually made the first down, and there Thank wasn't, you. There wasn't <laughs> conclusive yeah. evidence to show that he didn't get the first down. And it's uh-huh. really this sort of thing very, very rarely happens in the NFL is when they respot it without substantial evidence to the contrary. Yeah. Okay. That said, fine. It was fourth and like half a millimeter. We went for it, and Garoppolo didn't wait for his line to get set properly before snapping the ball. I, I yeah. mean, that that yeah. was just that was that a was dagger stupid. in the heart. It was absolutely dumb, you know. Mm-hmm. Even a rookie wouldn't do that. 
you know. Well, that, that, and I was just going to say, when you say that, even a rookie wouldn't. Have, that's one of the things that kind of makes me wonder, you know, whether or not we should, you know, because the whole the whole thing is Garoppolo. He's experienced. He's been, you know, he's he's the he's the you know consummate pro. Bloody bloody blah. You know, we couldn't possibly put a rookie in at the start of the season or now. He's not going to because he's going to make these rookie mistakes. Well, if if that isn't a rookie mistake and these aren't kind of the rookie, you know, to me, Garoppolo continues to make rookie mistakes. Uh, and uh, you know, th- there's question marks there about about that. But you know, that's the decision that they went down. We're still in the playoffs. You know, let's just see how it pans out, and then we can, you know, criticise more maybe when, when all is said and done. But uh, yeah, I do find that a little frustrating. I think I think it's absolutely. I, I don't know what the word is. I think it's frustrating because he's constantly setting fires, and then we're constantly putting them out. And when yeah. we put them out, he gets the credit for it. You know, and I mean, he he very nearly lost us that game. And I think mm-hmm. the difference between us winning by a blowout and losing that game isn't entirely in the hands of one guy here. I don't think the rest of the team could have done more, produced more, or given more effort. But that guy single-handedly could have almost cost us this game. And we've seen it before. We saw it in the Green Bay game. If you remember at home, we saw it in week one against Detroit. Do you remember yeah. Detroit just went like, boof. You know, we leave too many points on the field. And even though in my heart I knew this should have been a blowout, at no point was I absolutely convinced we were going to win. And even after the ref said end of the game, I still wasn't convinced that we'd actually yeah. won the game. So this should have been a blowout, could quite easily have lost. And I think, you know, the finger of blame for that. You can either point it at Shanahan, but I think QB1 has a lot to answer to for this. And, um, you know, now there's talk that he's injured, perhaps. And don't get me wrong, I don't believe that bringing in Trey Lance in the advanced stages of a playoff is going to be useful for anyone. But I think Garoppolo needs to actually be a little bit more accountable to his teammates because I know they love him and everything, but, you know, when you... Sometimes you need to look at your quarterback to win you a game, like the Packers do to to, to Rodgers, you know, like Tampa Bay do to Tom Brady. You know, any of these Drew Brees that with the Saints, when when the going gets tough, you look to your quarterback to help you win a game. I, I really don't have that confidence in Garoppolo that he can win a no, game. Definitely not. I mean, I I, I, don't, I haven't looked back through all the games, but I, I just have this general feeling that Garoppolo has one great drive in him per game. And potentially a couple of decent ones. And what tends to happen, he either starts great with a great drive and we get a touchdown, like we did, uh, you know, against uh, Dallas. But obviously, we start with a touchdown. Then he's still looking okay, but we only get field goals, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And you know, and that's why we get a good first half and then a, a bad second half. Or he starts terribly, like we did against the Rams, and we do terrible, and then the team gets back into it. But then, right at the end, he can come up with one amazing drive that kind of draws us the game and gets us back into contention. And then he just has, like, as soon as he has one great drive, I always think to myself, that's it. You know, we're, 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 we're on field goals here, or the run game has to has to win it for us. You know, we have to get the run game going and scoring via running touchdowns. Um, and that's how we got back in it against um, uh, the Rams. And obviously, again, we scored running touchdowns. I just feel like, I don't know whether that's true. I don't know whether there's any stats that back that up. 
but he, it's like he's got one good quality driving where he seems to hit you know hit difficult throws his timing on the throws is great uh you know and he's got one of those in him per game uh, and obviously if, if it happens in either way it ends up with the, with a game that gets close because it either happens at the beginning and we see our we our lead whittle down or you know they get out to a lead and then we get ourselves back in it right at the end so there's no way round is ever comfortable and do you know the one thing I will say is that uh, all the quarterbacks make mistakes. You know, Montana, Young, everybody, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, all of the greats that have ever played this game have got errors in them. But I think with Garoppolo, his errors come at the... Not that there's ever the right time to make a mistake, but they do come at critical junctures in a game. You know, the most critical phase of a game. And it's literally, you know, one step forward, ten step backwards... And once we make up the deficit, it's like, wow, they're amazing. But the thing is, we should never have been in a hole. We should have won this comfortably three, maybe we four. We should have done, yeah. Easy. The first half, we should have been well well out of sight. But to give him his dues, you know, the, the game against the Rams, that final drive was a was masterful. You know, it, yeah. was, it was astonishing how, how he completed that drive and, and did everything right. But that's the only time I've ever seen him deliver a drive like that when we really, really needed to. There was that one game where he fell short and, of course, the Super Bowl where he couldn't close the drive. You know, what was that play? We needed 98 yards, but everyone said, yeah, but he gave us 95. The thing is, 95 is not 98 and yeah, therefore yeah. not win the game, you know. But he is QB1 and from what I've been reading on Twitter and other areas lately, apparently he's banged up for after the, the the Cowboys game, he's not doing too good. His throwing shoulder is now severely hurt. So who knows what's going to happen on Sunday. And his thumb is not faring up too well either. It could be mind games by Shanahan again. We don't know, but... I, I'd be amazed if uh, Trey Lance starts. Yeah. Yeah, that won't happen. <laughs> the, worry, the worry is that we're going into the walk-in freezer that is Lambeau Field for the next game. Are those injuries? How are those injuries going to fare against in in, in that weather? It, it's going to be more of an effect than mm-hmm. than he's had in Dallas and in and in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But again, I'll defer to the game itself. The injury he was supposed to have sustained happened early in the second quarter, and um, at no point in that game did I ever think, "Oh my God, he's hurt. He shouldn't be playing." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. fine. It was like when he injured his thumb, you know, and. It actually made me think, has he actually hurt his thumb at all? Is yeah, it does make you wonder sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is this mind <laughs> games by Shani, you know, because he really should leave that to Belichick. He knows how to do those. When it's <laughs> but now it's given um, to Matt Fleur at Green Bay is thinking, so what are these guys going to do? Are they going to play Garoppolo or are they going to unleash that kid? And I agree with you, Paul. We're not going to unleash that kid. The stakes are too high now. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, and these guys, they're professionals. They want to play in these games. You know, this is what they, defines careers mm-hmm. of playoff games like this, especially when it's somewhere like Lambeau, you know. Um, it's a storied place to play a playoff game, and usually the games that end up being played there are those for the ages, including the one where everyone said San Francisco playing in cold weather, no chance. Colin Kaepernick rocks mm. up in a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Shreds, you know, and... Uh, I, I honestly truly believe that weather will not be a factor in Lambeau, certainly not for us. And I think, and I have to be careful how I phrase this, 
I think theoretically there is no reason why we shouldn't rip them to shreds uh, on the ground again. Uh, we may not, but there isn't a reason why we shouldn't. I mean, I think that's definitely going to be our game plan. If we could do a repeat of uh, 2019, how many times did we throw it? Like less than 10 times, didn't we? I can't remember exactly, but it was like 10, 10 or less times we tried, mm-hmm. we, you know, they were attempted to throw the ball. It was like 40, 50, I can't remember how many, how many <laughs> kind of runs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think to me, that is exactly the game plan again. I think if we could repeat that, We'd be very happy, and uh, uh, you know we keep them off the field. We play to our strengths, and, and if we can get that going again, we give ourselves a very good chance. Uh, you know, especially because this time you know, was it was it week three we played them. You know, Debo at that point wasn't wasn't being utilized like he is now, no. um, and uh, Mitchell was he injured for that game as well? I, I maybe no, Mitchell. Um, we, Kittle was injured. he wasn't even on the field then, was he? Uh, Kittle was injured. We had significant injuries, and we were yeah. So it's a completely you know, it's a completely different um, you know mm-hmm. our run game now is at a completely different level than it was in week three. So there's no reason why why we can't you know attempt to that wasn't, stick to that game plan and, and and execute. Wasn't it that game where we saw um, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo take snaps together in the same game? I'm trying to think if it was. I'm pretty yeah. sure Trey Lance got a touchdown in that Packers game at home earlier. I think he did, yeah. My memory for these things is terrible. I'm pretty sure he did, though, yeah. Yeah, and we lost that narrowly. Um, mm-hmm, by mostly, a field goal. Mostly yeah. with poor clock management. but Yeah, again, it was like they had like 30 seconds or something, didn't they? And they got, they yeah. got um, you know, a big throw to Devontae Adams and then got into to field goal range. Yeah, so, you know, these are the little mistakes that you make, <laughs> that you actually control. You know, it's not... You're bequeathing at the skill set of your opponents, but football is a, eventually is a game won and lost by mistakes, and uh, those who make the fewest usually win. You know, well, and Garoppolo this- now has four starts in playoff games for the 49ers, trying to get us back on track here. Um, <laughs> in the fourth quarter, because we jumped ahead. Yeah. <laughs> in we the did. fourth quarter of his four playoff starts, and this is concerning. He has nine for 20 for 93 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, a 19.4 quarterback rating. That's the lowest fourth quarter playoff QB rating in the last 30 years with a two start minimum. God. So if we could pull him in the fourth quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, workarounds. It's all about the workaround, right? Yeah, I, I don't really know what to say to a stat like that. I mean, it's it's quite horrific, it's isn't it? It's scary. You know, but the thing is, he, um, he, he does have a lot of people who admire him. You know, a lot of pundits who know a hell of a lot more about football than I do, that's for sure. And, um, and I'm thinking maybe it's me who doesn't appreciate the game or I don't know the finer points. But I do know one thing. Poor quarterback play aged me 30 years on Sunday night. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really give two monkeys what those pundits think about him. I know my body and I know how much it aged and I know why it aged too. Without doubt. It wasn't Garoppolo's first half where he went 11 to 14 for 133 yards. It was the second half where he went five for 11 for 39 yards and an INT. 
Yeah, and uh, we've also got Nick Bosa as a worry. Um, oh, that's yeah, a big worry. Fred Warner. He's in concussion protocol. I think Warner might be doubtful, but possible. But I think well, Warner is making making tweets like he's he'll be there. Yeah, but Warner was a low ankle sprain, wasn't it, rather than a high ankle sprain? Mm-hmm. He'll be okay. Uh, so he can tape me, that up Bosa, nice and tight. Yeah, for, for me, Bosa is the biggest worry. That scares me. Well, you say that, but um, I mean, and, and I'm not saying that it's not a worry. He's clearly one of our best players, if not the best player. But uh, I, I thought we actually the the you know uh, the D line actually coped. From, you know, the strength of our D line actually shone through in that uh, in that second half when he wasn't playing. I mean, they still managed to uh, you know uh, get to uh, Prescott uh, regularly even without Boza. So that there is hope if he can't play. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, I think, you know, one of the things that we really need to do is get to Aaron Rodgers because the quicker yeah, yeah. Him, the less time he has to find his receivers where our weakness, a corner, won't have yep. to cover. So he'll have to look in the middle rather than on the sides where we're weak at corner. Having said that, Ambry Thomas take a bow, getting better every single game. Absolutely. That kid is coming along just nicely. Yeah, he is. So, you know, for that reason... Uh, Boza would be um, oh, unquestionably, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as you say, maybe we can still do it because the matchup between their O line and our front front four is mismatched. We clearly have a huge advantage there, uh, a massive advantage. And if we can really work on that, uh, we win. I mean, it's simple: play error-free football, run the ball, and keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines, um, and we win. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we win if we can do those things. Um, and, and I'm surprised that the odds are so long for us to win this game. I would have thought we'd be favourites. We're better than them, you know? <laughs> okay, we keep jumping ahead. Your guys are driving me nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. My apologies to Mark Lyon, who put together these wonderful stats for us every week. We did not touch on hardly any of them, but I'm moving us on because we do have a time constraint we have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to our questions. Uh, well, Deepak Gohill. Mm. When Dallas rallied late, everyone looked to Dak Prescott to save the day. How devastating would we be if we had a quarterback that could actually win us games and take the pressure off the D? I think you could tag another four wins onto the ones we've already had this season. That's how devastating we are. Yeah, we'd also would have won in 2019. Yep, definitely. So we'd be going for number seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Simon Holdsworth wants to know, when will Jimmy have a game where he doesn't um, poop his pants at least once? Never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he plays for Seattle and he kills us twice a year. Oh, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he also wants to know: Is our D line the most talented depth-wise the NFL has ever seen? Yeah, Simon's pushing open doors here today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite though is Josh Norman. Why? Yeah. Yeah, good question. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was frustrating even before he got when he got bent. Was it? I can't remember which game it was. Was it the couple? Of, you know, was it the Rams game or the game before? Um, and I thought it was a liability before that. And he, now he's even obviously more of one because he's, he mm-hmm. doesn't appear to have the same attitude that he had then of, of at least trying, even though he was rubbish. 
Yeah, he's. Uh, hmm. <laughs> well, I certainly hope he's not back next year. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Lyon has a number of questions for us. Uh, why can't I'm going to expand this from just NBC to all broadcasters? Yeah, Tell the difference between Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa. I think they're terrified of the word of the name Nick. <laughs> So they'd just rather call him Joey because it doesn't sound as scary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how about will Richard Hightower get fired at the end of the season? I hope so. Yeah. I have a feeling yes, to be honest with you. He should. We've been shocking. Mm. Yeah, I've been appalling. Did C.D. Lamb hide in the same place as OBJ last week? <laughs> and will Devonte Adams join Lamb and OBJ in Ambry Thomas's pocket? I hope so. I mean, well, yeah, I'd certainly like that. Would be remarkable if, if, if you know, if, if he gets uh, three weeks and OBJ, CD Lamb, and Devonte Adams in his pocket. That is some way to proving that he can actually, you know, be a starting cornerback in the league next year. Um, whether he will or not, I think that's the, that's the hardest task, I think. We've talked about it and talked about it. So many issues in that last two minutes on all sides of the ball. Lack of concentration from Jimmy, poor punt from Wisnowski, prevent poor defense until we hug the sideline for the last play. And that just that last drive just drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. But yeah. how many times can we expect to get away with it? In the playoffs, zero. <laughs> it's amazing we got away with it this week. Because yeah, we were lucky. Yeah, <laughs> because we were playing Dallas. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll get away with it. With uh, well, we we showed in week three we won't get away with it when we're playing the Packers. Yeah, that's we won't. For sure. uh, and then I'm going to jump to how do we start to put together a contract for Debo? Is he about to become the highest paid wide receiver in the game? Just give him a blank check, tell him what he wants, and um, see yeah. figure it out. And I think with Jimmy Garoppolo leaving, you know, it's going to free up a little bit of money there. I mean, I've had, uh, I can't remember who I had the discussion with on Facebook, but I have, I'm, I'm worried about having to let go of, of, of you know, because obviously we've got to sign Debo, we've got to sign Boza, um, we've obviously got Kittle, Warner, Williams, um, and used to check all at like top price money for their positions. Um, and you know, we've got loads of free agents next year that we've got to find. You know, there, there are people that we'd want to bring back who are on one year contracts, who you know, uh, key, Arden Key and people like that who we'd want to bring back. I, I have serious concerns that we're not going to be able to keep all of those people that we've got right at the top of their position group. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know that's what I mentioned about whether or not we should get you know we should be looking to get rid of one, um, and who the who who that might be. I definitely don't think it should be Debo, and I definitely think we should sign him for whatever he wants. No, I, I agree with you, and I also think that you know amongst the group of let's just call them marquee players, shall we, so they can be nameless, because we have no draft capital whatsoever. I I wouldn't be at all surprised if some of them were traded in favour for us to get a, a few draft picks back so we can continue yeah. building on what we've got. But I think when you start losing your marquee players, that's it, you're done. You know, you need to keep those. Well, I said it 
I say it every offseason, it is not unheard of for players on a team to restructure their contract to free up capital to get those, keep those. Yeah, yeah. yeah those players yeah, impact yeah, let, players let, let, i mean i mean let's hope they can find a way i mean I, i'm no i'm not one of these people who you know it's great about the the cap and working out all the the permutations and that kind of thing I, it just seems like we, we're, we're now getting to a point where we've got a lot of players on a lot of money so it just naturally in my mind i start to worry that we're going to have to you know to get rid of some of them or, or one of them at least in order to make sure that the depth is there throughout the mm-hmm. rest of the squad yeah. um i mean if, if we don't have to then great but uh, you know, it certainly would worry me if we were starting. You know, some of these other uh, players on the on the you know the D line that we've sort of uh, you know come through. Uh, yeah, say like Arden Key and uh, you know whatnot that we'd want to be keeping, but won't mm. won't won't be cheap cheap. Um, then uh, you know we've got to find that that balance between marquee players and 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 squad depth. And uh, I worry that we're we're hitting that point. But you know, they also talk about that the cap's obviously going to go up quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Is it is it not next year, but the year after, or something like that? So you can do contracts in a way that again keeps it low at the beginning and back ends them and mm-hmm. things like that. So you know, there, there may be hope that we can keep them all. I, I just get scared that we're going to have to kind of there's pop also them out of the hat in- and uh, you know get rid of them. There's also building incentives in as well that will increase the value of the contract without actually hurting your your capital. So, uh, Martin Hughes, which was the most satisfying win, the Rams or the Cowboys? Cowboys. Paul Mack. It's, it's going. It's got to be the Cowboys, I think. But I, I think the, the way the Cowboys game ended, it was. It wasn't clear because it was so confusing. Have has the time finished? Has the game finished? We don't know. And it kind of it kind of spoiled the win a little bit in that respect. And I think I think if you asked a, a, a somebody who wasn't a supporter of either of the, any of the teams, obviously the Rams and Forty ers game, Forty uh, Nine was was obviously a, a, you know an amazing seesaw game that ended how you know I'm sure they probably that would have been a more entertaining game to somebody without uh, you know without any kind without of the history uh, or with the you know but mm. obviously I think in, in terms of for a 49er fan uh, you know the Rams game was unbelievable but the Cowboys game uh, you know just being in the playoffs away um, and all that history um, uh, you know uh, for me definitely the Cowboys game. But well, I think. The, sorry, don't forget that Rams game. You know, there was a bit of hoo ha whether Ambry Thomas was in bounds when he made the play and all the rest of it after he picked off um, um, Odell Beckham Jr. at the end. <laughs> so we didn't really know if we'd won that either. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, true enough. I think the other piece you have is the Rams are a divisional opponent, so we see them so often. So, yeah, it feels good to beat them, but we've also beat them six games in a row. And, (laughs) you know, we had a really long streak in the 80s and 90s where we beat them like, I don't know, 30 games in a row. I don't know. It was ridiculous. But the Cowboys, there's it's it's a deep seated hatred, at least for the people on this podcast, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we've been fans that long and we lived through some of those games that were just, (laughs) you know, left that taste in your mouth that you were just like, oh, you know. Yeah, so that yeah, it doesn't go away so quick. No, so any win over the Cowboys is I mean, I, I root for two teams. The 49ers, well, okay, I root for three sometimes. The 49ers, sometimes the Jaguars, and always whoever is playing the Cowboys. 
<laughs> no, um, I was watching this video of Cowboys fans crying and all the rest of it. And oh uh, my god, I know. <laughs> and my, my missus made a comment. She goes to me, "Oh my god, you know that they're, they're upset." And um, and I looked at her and I said, "You know." I said, they're not really that upset. And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, in this rivalry, if you actually understood it, it actually hurts 10,000 times more than that to lose this particular game. You know, they, they've got no concept of what this rivalry mm-hmm. is about. If they yeah. really knew the true depth and breadth of, of what it meant to win this particular rivalry game, then they would feel the pain 10,000 times more. Because I know if we had lost, uh, I would have been inconsolable. Uh, I I yeah. would have been. And I'll defer back to my friend when he goes, you know, beating the Cowboys is more important than the Super Bowl. And I said, it isn't, but it's not far off. Yeah, totally. Totally. Definitely. Lisa Walker-Lawrence wants to know how we can sharpen our secondary. Yeah. Put them in a pencil shop now. That's <laughs> 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 a great question, though. And... Uh, it is a, a gaping hole in our talent pool, isn't it? And I think the way we're going to sharpen that is either free agent acquisitions or if if revelationary things happen like they did with Ambry Thomas, you know, but it is um, definitely something D'Amico Ryans needs to work on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, he interviewed for the Vikings job mm-hmm. and, I, and I said, you know, if you want the job, don't show them your third and long playbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It... Um... Although I think we're luckily going into the best shape that we've probably been in all season with the secondary, with Ambry Thomas having proven that he's kind of developing, having Mosley back uh, as a starter. So with those two as starters, uh, you know, rather than, you know, for a while we had um, the guy we were just talking about, what's his name, Norman and, you know, anybody else who might be fit for that particular day, you know, so um, I think we're as strong as we can be for this season going into the playoffs, which is, which is good. But yeah, next season, um, if, if, you know, starting with a second round pick, all the best corners will probably be gone by the time we're picking. So uh, it's got to be, I don't know what the free agent market is like next year for, for cornerbacks. I guess there's a good one. Right. We'll have to wait and see. Okay, so we are heading into Green Bay. We are going to historic Lambeau Field, where unfortunately the Packers do lead the series all-time 38-32-1, with the Packers winning the last two meetings. We and the Packers have each won four of the eight postseason meetings, with the Niners winning the last three postseason meetings, including a 37-20 victory for the Niners in the 2019-2020 NFC Championship game. Ah, the last meeting, week three, we've talked about it, was a 30-28 to 28 win for the Packers. They won on a last-minute field goal. Let's break this one down, you guys. Can I just say, that, that, that was a completely different 49ers team that they played, though. From, from week three yeah. to the team that we are now are miles <laughs> apart. So I, I wouldn't read anything into that at all. No, I'm with you completely. We were, you know, uh, you know, different mentality, different players. We had lots of injuries at that time. We're just a completely different team uh, now than, than we were then. So I think we'll be a, a lot uh, a harder prospect for them to face now than, than we were then. 
I think the only significant advantage Green Bay have, and this is why it's so important to have this advantage, is that they're playing at home. Their supporters are lunatics. naked. They'll come out in their <laughs> tens of thousands in <laughs> minus 50 million degree weather and stay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, <laughs> that, that helps a lot when you've got uh, a fan base who can come out and step up like that, you know. But we're going to be traveling, admittedly not as many, but there is um, a fair few of the Empire making their way to Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. The only other thing that worries me is obviously we've now, uh, that's, uh, this will be our third yeah. away game in a row. Yeah, that's right. Third away game in a row. And yeah. they've had a obviously a bye week. So they've had two weeks off, basically. Uh, so there, there could be a... Uh, you know we're going to have to overcome. It's not to say they they can't win, but obviously I think it's going to you know they're going to have to overcome that kind of uh, any kind of mental fatigue or physical fatigue uh, that that uh, the Packers won't necessarily have to deal with. So that that could play into it, especially yeah. at the end of the game if it's been a you know a physical game. But do you not think an extended amount of time could perhaps cause a bit of mental lethargy where they're thinking, uh, you know... We're yeah, just quite, quite possibly, for sure, yeah. It could go either way, can't it? It can either sort of take you out of, of being in the mind, the right mindset or, or can, can help, I suppose. It just depends. We'll yeah, see how it pans out. We're fighting for our lives now, but now we're on an equal footing. We're both fighting for the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. not, not just fighting for our lives now. Now it's... We're your peers and we're your equals in this fight, and the prize is the same for you as it is for us. Last week, the prize there was no no prize for Green Bay, it was only for us, you know. So yeah. now, yeah, I mean, intriguing game, but I, I truly, honestly believe we have so much more offensively and defensively than Green Bay do. But mm-hmm. it might be our weaknesses that actually kill us, and you know who I mean by that. Yeah. What concerns me with this game is we have uh, a habit of if, if we're ahead before the final drive, before uh, before the Packers final drive, we have a habit of leaving far too much time on the clock for a final drive. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers is a master at running the final drive. He will get the yards that he needs. That's my main concern with this. If we can sort out the clock management, mm-hmm. which we've had clock management issues for I don't know how long, years and years, if we can sort that out and leave him no time to get down the field, that spot on, that, because that's, that's what in those in those final moments, the defense is also knackered as well. Yeah. They've been out on the field a lot, you know, and I think it's about time that. We gave the defense a rest and kept the offense on the field a bit longer. Yeah. You know, like that Rams drive, eleven minutes. Yes, yeah, yes. Need one of those, yeah. You know, we can have a, a, a mainly running game, keep the defense off the field so that they've got time to recover. That way, they they should be ready for that last drive. If if there is a last drive, hopefully we will end up with the last drive of the game. But... Exactly, and not trying to drive yeah, for yeah, a field yeah. goal to win it. My question to you guys is, would you rather defend on the last possession of the game to win the game, or would you rather be on the other side of the ball and need to score to win the game against this Packer team? I'd rather be two scores up so it didn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all would. (laughs) With with the offense that we've got, I would rather we had to drive to win the game, I think. Because because our ground game is so strong. 
I would rather we had to drive to win the game rather than defend to win the game. I think if Bosa were okay and were cleared to play, I would rather defend. I think I, I think our defense can keep them from scoring. I think our defense can keep them out of the neutral zone, out of the, excuse me, out of the red zone. Um, or field goal range, you know. Or field goal range. Um, because Aaron Rodgers is such a master of that final drive of the two minute, the two minute drill, if you like. Um, yeah, it's made some drink for him. That's his dinner. Exactly. But exactly. if Bosa's there and and Armstead's there and yeah. they can get to him. Now, yeah, this is yeah. what I'm hoping. I'm hoping they come out going after him and getting him out of his game from the get-go because that's what they need to do. They need to set the tone. The defense needs to set the tone with Rodgers yeah, right away. Yeah. At that stage of the game, even if we've got the Bosas and the Armsteads, they will be running at 30% efficiency. They've been out on the field, yeah. been in that cold weather. They'll be yeah. knackered. How effective will they be? against this guy who's going to Canton first time of asking, no doubt about it. Yeah, no, I, I actually think I, 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 that he would... I've said, I'm with Paul. We go into that last drive, two scores ahead. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, that's the only one that makes sense. None of us will have to go to, the, go to urgent, urgent care. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm convinced we have the offensive weapons and we have the defense to win this by three scores. And I'm not talking field goals either. You know, I'm talking two touchdowns and a field goal. I, I truly believe in my heart that we are that good to have this a relatively comfortable margin of victory. And, and I'll be honest, I think we could all do with one of those at three o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Looking for a doctor in the yellow pages who can come and help you, you know. I, I, I truly believe that if you if you take the quarterbacks out of the scenario, we're, we're better than they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> therefore, the key will be Jimmy playing... He doesn't have to play beyond his skill set. He just has to have, a, you know, a, a mistake-free game. Yeah. If he can have a mistake-free game, we can definitely win this. You know, well, not easy, necessarily easily, but you know, we we can you know more more than compete. It's just if 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 Jimmy can't can't produce that that consistent game that we need him to across the whole game, then. You know, we could end up struggling, but um, or even make. Well, I think we've definitely got the matchup in everywhere else uh, that that works well against them. Yeah, or even make make his mistakes early, so where there's still time to get another momentum change. You know, true, when you make mistakes late in the game. Your that's it. Your game is the heads will drop, and you're not going to get yeah. momentum after that unless your defense makes a massive play, like a fumble recovery or an interception or or something yeah. like that. You know. There's a lot on Jimmy riding to win this game. And I'll be honest, if he, do, if he does win us this game and he does do what he's supposed to do and he does it well, you can forgive him a mistake here and there, you know, but he needs to show us something now. This, this yeah. is what we paid $27 million a year for. He needs to show us two halves of football. That's what he needs to show us. Yeah, and we deserve to have that from him, you know. Yeah. We really do. When was the last time we had two solid halves of football? I think his best game for me ever was the COVID season against the Jets. First half, he was he was incredible. And then he got injured and we didn't see him for another five weeks after mm-hmm. that. And then, yeah. But I mean, legitimately, I cannot remember 
a time where we did not have a solid, a full solid game. It was, it's always been a half or and a half. Yeah. <laughs> the choice of being a Niner fan, right? <laughs> the that we have. I mean, even the players <laughs> divided about this guy and even the experts yeah. think he's the greatest QB since sliced bread. And I'm like, what are you seeing that I'm not? You know, and I decided I don't really care what you people say because I know how I felt watching that game on Sunday and I know why I felt the way I felt mm-hmm. because of that guy. So you can't tell me anything. I've seen it with my own eyes, you know? Can I just throw a curveball into this one? Aaron Rodgers versus, yeah. Aaron Rodgers versus Trey Lance. How, how do we do at that point? We'll do with that in the playoffs. We, we've, yeah. got, we've got to con- <laughs> at the end of it. We've got to consider it because we don't know what Jimmy's status is going to be. We you know, obviously we all hope he's going to be fit for it, and if he's fit for it, he gets through the whole game. There's a possibility he doesn't get through the whole game. Yeah, how Trey Lance yeah, really so for, for me, if, if Trey Lance does have to play or start, he's in a you know he's in a um, he can't really lose. Um, he, he either yeah. plays well enough to win, in which case he's a hero, or uh, he you know he tries his best to win, and he's been put in a difficult situation that you would never want to put him in. I don't I don't think he can lose. Correct. Uh, I think I think he would just need to go out there and, and play as well as he possibly can. Yeah. Interesting scenario, though. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping we see him in the fourth quarter because Jimmy got to do a bow and got to trot off the field in victory. Mm, You know, that we've got a lead big enough that we trust the rest of our offense and our defense to to finish out the five minutes, you know, or whatever. That's what I want. Yeah. pulls up five minutes to go bring the kid on. Exactly. Give him some time. Yeah. We can hope. This will be the ninth playoff meeting ever between the Packers and the Niners, you guys. The only playoff matchup that has happened as often in the Super Bowl era is the Packers versus the Rams. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my love affair with this rivalry. This was never the rivalry when Montana was under center. It was sort of mm-hmm. picked up when Steve Young started. Yep. And, of course, we had Terrell Owens on the catch, too, and one of the greatest days of my life being mm-hmm. there to see it right in front of me. And that, that rivalry was intense because you had <laughs> how many hall of famers? Oh I my mean, God. Yeah. <laughs> Brett Favre, <laughs> Sterling Sharp. Uh- <laughs> Speaking of which the game against the Cowboys. So the last time we played them in that playoff game in 1995, Never in the history of the NFL has there been so many players that are all pro in the Hall of Fame ever. That game wow. had the most on on the field at any one time. Wow. And that is astonishing. Because half yeah. the Hall of Fame is there. Half of Canton played in that game. Dang. You know? mm. That's amazing. But this that is going to be a, a rivalry, I think, that's going to become a little bit like the the millennial version of the Cowboys rivalry. I can see his butting heads mm-hmm. with these guys again in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else we want to cover guys? Ooh. Yeah. Tell us about the meetup, Paul. How was it? 
It was absolutely fantastic. Um, we had uh, Mark Lyon there, Graham Ross, Jimmy Brewster, uh, Martin Hughes, and Davy Thompson, and we all descended on the beer keller. We had an absolutely incredible time there. The first game was not great. We were bored to tears. Um, <laughs> that game just went on for about four days, I think. Um, our game, none of us could, not every one of us was standing in like the last five minutes of the game. We just couldn't bear to sit down. And mm-hmm. I had no voice left whatsoever. <laughs> put it that way. I was say, were there any Cowboys fans in there? No, uh, we closed the place. Um, Wow. Myself, you mean everyone? We we literally closed the place, um, and then we all met up for breakfast the following morning at ten o'clock, and we left the pub five hours later. Five hour, <laughs> five hour breakfast. <laughs> um, I'm not saying who, but somebody had. I think it was seven pints of San Miguel. Oh my god! <laughs> but I'm, I'm not, it wasn't me, but I'm not saying who it was. Hmm, I'm going to start trolling Facebook photos from that day. <laughs> I mean, so as not to tempt fate. I mean, if, if if we were to win on Saturday, you know, there could be an opportunity for a meetup. It might be difficult because if we get a late game, then obviously nobody in the UK is going to stay up to serve us guys with ale at four hours in the morning. But it's something to wear, bear thinking about. Oh, if indeed we go one step beyond and uh, and play for the whole, yeah. whole thing. I dare not even think about that. It's, 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 it's just the next game, isn't it, right now? Yeah, yeah. It's just, let's get through Saturday. It's just unreasonable to even go down that yeah. road. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to say goodbye, boys. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thanks Bye. for listening. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Mark Lyon, Andrew Mitchell, Daryl Nils Hanman, Neil Jepson, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, James Little, Rob Newell, Kev Nyland, Simon Holdsworth, Nathaniel James, Stephen Box, and Graham Ross for all that they do in the group and on the show. Apologies to anyone I may have missed. Thank you to all in the group who continually contribute, whether it's in the game day thread or the sharing of other content. We'd love to have you on the show. Just let us know. You can message any of the admins in the group or email us. Or you can check out the calendar under announcements in the Facebook group and sign up for a date. I'll contact you via messenger and we'll make further arrangements. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire Great Britain. Don't forget to check out the blog, which is available on your favorite podcast app. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. On behalf of Paul Marsh, Deepak Gohill, and Paul McDonald, I'm Kat Victorino. We'll be back next week. Go Niners! Goodbye for now.